Welcome to Mouthful, a smart and funny and inclusive podcast that unpacks culture, sex, sexual expression, gender, money, power, capitalism, hegemony. I, Shanta Charan, your host, will be uh, interviewing Jackie Kali'i'a'a today on our very first episode, which I am so excited for. Jackie is a comedian, writer, and all-around amazing person. And so, uh, here we go. Jackie Kali'i'a'a. <laughs> hey, yes. Hey, she did it right. I got it you right. You got it. Boom, boom, boom. You hit I all the to. vowels. Boom. People, you know, we are introduced by too many white men. Yes. And I needed to represent the, uh, you know, non-Anglo names. I'm down. Correctly. Love it. The point of this show. Okay. Mouthful. <laughs> Kali'i'a'a. There we go. Ooh. <laughs> you just did a spell. Kali'i'a'a. It sounds like, honestly, <laughs> I'm waiting for, like, the beat to drop. Because yeah. I feel like, <laughs> Kali'i'a'a. Like, I feel like, I'm just going to say that in the next time I'm getting turned. There I'm we go. I'm just going to start saying your name <laughs> to a beat. <laughs> so, um. I brought you here because uh, you're doing a lot of work in the community uh, representing Native heritage, uh, feminism. I feel like comedy can also be activism and social work in its own way. And so I'm just really interested in the work you're doing. So I just wanted to give you space to just, you know, tell us a little bit about yourselves before we dive into deeper things. Yeah, sure. Well, thank you first off for having me here. Um, but yeah, I, I'm a I'm a comic. I'm a producer. That's also a big part of the work that I do is um, I started producing shows, all women stand up shows, uh, Amazonians, which you were on our show. Thank you so much for being there. And uh, and then kind of moved into good medicine comedy, which is like an all native uh, lineup, which to my knowledge, is the first and only in the Bay Area, which is fucking awesome. And uh, and now I'm doing some TV writing. I can't talk about those projects just yet, but That's awesome. We love things you can't talk about yet. Congratulations. Thank you. It's been a lot of work. And uh, and then I also did a little bit of voiceover work. So you'll, you'll hear me playing a cartoon character uh, in 2023. So nice. Yeah, so I've been keeping it busy. And, um, and then also earlier this year, Shanti, we can talk about this. I, I left my day job. So so Jackie's doing the full creative thing right now, which is fun and exciting and I love it. That's great. Uh, but it's also like it's also like a lot of work as it turns out to be your own administrator and yeah. be your own everything. So be your you own know. boss. Do yeah, it. Take yeah. the credit. Yeah. Take so, the blame. Yeah, that's the one right there. <laughs> I'm like, why do I never have time to eat? Oh, I did that. Oh, Jackie did that. How did you so comedy medicine? I know recently you had a show and it was actually at a college. Yes, Mills. Mills. Yeah. How did mm-hmm. that go? It was cool. It was exciting. We had uh so November is it was Native a November American yep. Heritage Month. And I got reached out to by Professor Bauer. She's a Hawaiian professor at Mills College. And we put together a show. It was super cool. We had Tyler Clary. He's a Mohawk comic that lives in L.A. Uh, we had Sienna East. She's a... Uh, oh, my God. I can't remember her tribe right now. Sorry, Sienna. Uh, but, yeah, she she's also a comic in L.A. And, and it was so cool because there's an aspiring comic, a young Native woman here, uh, um, an alum from Mills College that has dabbled with comedy. And I was like, girl, you want to do a guest set? She was like, are you serious? And I was like, yes. And so that's... I mean, I love that, like... We're giving her a supportive space yeah. where people are going to get her jokes. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then also just the opportunity to be in front of a crowd, you know? So that was fun. I, I loved that. And um, I really like seeing that. I didn't, you don't so see that cool. that often. Just no. like uh, a bunch of native identities together on a show. It's usually, you know, you see so many other groups. They have their group shows, whatever it may be, you know? Yeah. But I, I don't see, uh, see many native shows so it was really nice to see that i was just uh, i was excited yeah it's cool and like what i love about I've, I've been producing like all native lineups for a couple years now and what's so cool about it is that it's just everybody so like we've got gay comics we've got older comics like folks that are considered elders we've got comics that are moms comics that are like fuck kids you know what i mean like and it's and it really it really is an opportunity for the audience to experience a variety of multifaceted native identities all at one time like a thing that you wouldn't necessarily get yeah ever anywhere else yeah and it's so cool because it's like this is our way of telling our story as opposed to like hollywood and all the bs media telling our stories so that's that's what i've 
like totally loved about the whole project of Good Medicine is that it's just a, vari a variety of diverse voices just being Indian. And any of our jokes, regardless of whether or not we talk about being Native, are Indian jokes. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's really important because there are so many diverse living indigenous experiences that people don't know about and not mm -hmm. one experience is the same as another. No. And, you know, the native experience is not monolithic. And I think those shows where you're talking about different types of women and people and all that is really important so we can better understand. Um, Cause once we better understand different people from different communities, then we understand how to coexist and, you know, maybe stop perpetuating bullshit that we maybe don't even know that we're perpetuating. So oh, totally. I think that's great. And yeah. that's actually, so I guess to bring that up then, um, to lead us into my intention for this episode is to really from your own personal experience and your positionality on how you navigate the world. Uh, on this show, we do like to talk about um, relational dynamics and sexuality and gender and, you know, given your tribal background and your culture, um, I guess I just wanted to ask, how do you feel like um, Washoe uh, informs, I guess, how you navigate understanding relationships or sexuality? Yeah, so I'm um, I'm Urington Paiute and I'm Washoe and my tribes are from Urington, Nevada and and also like the border, our, my Washoe side is like the border of Tahoe and, uh, and parts of Nevada too. And I think for me, like first and foremost, I'm an urban Indian. I'm born and raised in Hayward, super Bay girl. Like I don't realize how Bay I am until I leave it. And people are like, damn. <laughs> and I'm like, they oh, really? Even in the Bay area, like they'll be like, are you from the East Bay? Yes. They'll, they'll be, be like, like, oh. Are you San Leandro? Ah! Like they'll get so detailed. I'll be like, yeah, I'm East, East Bay. But that's so, that's so wide. But then even then they'll be like, this the within mm -hmm. miles yes. of where I'm from because Union City Hayward yes. like we are right, like right here there. girl yes <laughs> earlier I was like what high school do you go to I was like I went down the street you know like yeah, we literally like, went to Logan. high school <laughs> yeah exactly I was like Mount Eden uh, 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 you know Monarchs um, I used to play your tennis team oh my god I used to play actually I don't think we ever played you guys you guys were better than us so we had a lot of Asians that's why uh, we're like, we were all terrible. the Asian people on the tennis team we had we had a lot of Latinos on our soccer team that was like yeah but we were a terrible team i remember one time they, they took us to bishop o'dowd and we got our asses beat 10-0 yeah was mission was the one that used to beat our asses mission off, oh mission. Off mission yeah uh, okay well anyway so that that very much colors my experience and i always have to mention that because when talking about my native identity in conjunction with that's fine uh in conjunction with like other people's identities like i always have to say like this is Jackie's experience because I think especially when it comes to native identity, there's so much, there's so much misinformation and that's intentional. Yeah. Like truly the campaign of erasure instituted by a variety of colonial territories, the most recent one obviously being the United States. Yep. Um, you know, that whole experience has, has left people with a lot of question marks and a lot of like really poor understanding understandings about native identity. So that's what's important for me to to just first put up front is like, hey, by the way, this is just Jackie, a Bay Area girl that also happens to be Washington Paiute. And but like my mom, my mother was Portuguese and Italian. So I grew up with a lot of culture a lot of the time. My mother's side of the family was Catholic. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really cool because my grandma was very different. I think she was born far before her time almost but like she like i remember one time there's a picture of jesus in her house you know total cl classic portuguese italian household yes and i said grandma is that jesus and she was like or i said like grandma is that what is that what like he looks like and she goes no nah, that's not what he looks like he could be anything and i kind of yeah. liked how she had a much more um sort of less rigid idea yeah. and then also she has like my grandma had um a lot of grandchildren who had kids young, my older sister's gay, like, and grandma accepted and loved all these people. So I'm very fortunate that I didn't have that like, like crazy oppressive Catholic environment that I know yeah. some of my friends did growing up, you know? And, and our family, a lot of our Catholicism actually was the expression of the saints, the women saints in particular. Yeah. And I liked how it was such, in my family anyway, it was such a, women identified thing and i was like oh jesus 
what about Fatima? You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. what, what about Mary? Like, what about Guadalupe? Like, there was all these, like, it was like, Jesus is cool, but, like, all these other women are doing bomb shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so that's what I, I would say was a benefit. Um, but, of course, it still comes with its bullshit, you know, because it is still Catholicism at the end of the day. So there are a lot of norms that are and you know just drilled into you at a young age about shame sexuality that kind of stuff and then my dad's side of the family um my grandparents both um are from nevada and they both went to stewart indian boarding school in carson city nevada there was this whole project by the federal government to educate i'm doing quotes uh native people and it was this campaign of erasure it was mm -hmm. taking literal like the future of indian nations the children and putting them in, into institutions militarized style institutions to assimilate mm -hmm. and that assimilation has showed it has touched every single native person every single native person that you've met today has been touched by boarding schools in one way or another and the violence that goes with that the the um, forced, all kinds of things were happening. We don't have to get into it, but I know that that has very much shaped my grandparents' experience, which has mm -hmm. impacted how we how we experience it, our, our, our subsequent generations. And I would say, in general, that whole project was all about the nuclear family, the mm -hmm. American experience, you know, and that had a huge influence. And it's so funny how arbitrary religion was, because my grandma, so when they were kids, my, my grandma and my auntie both went to the boarding school together. Um, they got on the wrong buses on Sunday. And so my grandma, I think, was baptized, Baptist. And then I think my auntie was baptized. Was it Unity? I don't know what the hell. But, but that's how <laughs> arbitrary it was. They were just like, yeah. put these fucking Indians wrong on bus. buses. Yeah. Shove them out. Give them some God. Call it a day. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, that's how, like, that's what they were doing. They were just like, save these Indians, you know? And, and, but, but growing up, like, we didn't have, we didn't talk about, like, my grandma was talking to, my grandma on my mom's side was, was going to church and, and, you know, would, would pray. But then my mom's, my dad's side of the family, we didn't really talk about that. In fact, my, my grandmother's, uh, grandpa was a healer mm -hmm. and her dad was a medicine. So there's all like, we, we had healers and medicine people in our family and I understood the power behind that. And so I had these two very distinctly different, um, experiences in my household, but it also made me know that there's a higher power, but yeah. it also made me know that it didn't necessarily look like Jesus. <laughs> you know what I mean? It didn't necessarily look like Catholicism. It didn't necessarily look like that guy on the cross, but there that there was power beyond that. And like my my great grandfather, um, sorry, my great great grandfather would would heal people. People would come from all over the country to be healed by him. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, hold on a second. Well, there's other stuff here, and I think that's been a huge benefit to my experience because I've always understood the hypocrisy of all of this shit. Mm -hmm. So when people are like celebrating Thanksgiving and they're finally becoming hip to, damn, are we celebrating genocide? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, damn, I've been knowing that. Like, how are y'all just barely catching up? You know? And so that's what's funny to me is like I've had this other experience that is unlike most people because obviously colonization led to. Um, a, a diminished number of native people when, when we were all over this place, mm -hmm. you know? And so I, I think um, when it comes to sexuality, um, I know that for me, I feel a little oppressed. I think mm -hmm. it's the Catholicism for sure. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, I'm going to share something with you guys and it might blow your mind. But like in Portuguese, um, my grandma would say the, the, the literal translation when you, when we were taking a bath or whatever was cover your shame referring to yeah. referring to our, our lady bits mm -hmm. and i that was the portuguese word and she translated it into english and it would be this thing cover your shame mm -hmm. and that sucks <laughs> like this was the grandmother that said god is everywhere right yeah so even there even there in your vagina you know <laughs> yeah. what i mean so so i have a question earlier talking about a nuclear family and you're talking about how your grandparents went to boarding school um which definitely, when you're saying your grandmother and her sister um, and the the family dynamic was very different from just the rigid family structure that, you know, settler colonialism, which is a system to make things invisible and kind of trying to wipe out that relational dynamic of your family. Do you feel that anyone in your unit, your family unit or your culture tries to maybe 
bring that back, kind of decolonize that rigid idea of the Anglo family and maybe regenerate this idea of, I don't want to say polygamy, but openness or, you know, and I also don't want to say non-normative. And so it's like, I don't <laughs> or know typical. what. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess just a, just not a cis, het, wife, husband. Yeah. Structure. Yeah. I think, okay, so my older sister's gay mm -hmm. and she's married to my sister-in-law, Christine. They've been together for like, I don't know, 20 years now. But um, that, like, what I think, what I really love about my sister is that, like, we, ha like, my family had to face it and understand it and deal with it. Mm -hmm. And my mom at first, that was rough. My dad didn't know what to do. And now, like, we're just, like, one big happy family. I have twin nieces from their, their marriage. I have two nephews from their marriage that they they were already born to Christine, my sister-in-law, prior to my sister uh, and them getting together. But I feel like, and and we're this like, we're this modern family. You know yeah. what I mean? So I think like I think there, I, I think it's tempting to think that we're colonized and and the, and the job is done. But I I know that and this sounds really hippy dippy, but like the resistance lives within us. Yeah. And so I don't think we're done. Like I think we we still have, like I don't. You know how people say, like, oh, this is my half-sister, this is my da-da-da-da. I would never say that. Yeah. The way, like, in Indian way, like, our tribal affiliations and our um, familial um, connection, mm -hmm. if you will, is so not like, oh, this is my third cousin once removed. What the fuck is that? It's your fucking cousin. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, we're very yeah. much like – so a good example is in, in the Paiute way, when your mother passes, her sister becomes your mother mm -hmm. immediately. Like that's like that's that, awesome. Yeah, if and like my my that's grandma, great. my you grandma don't passed have to away go without mother. No, you, you never just, go. Ugh. That's the whole thing. You never go without ever. Yeah. And and I know, to my core, and this may be like the Indian side. I don't know, but like, if anything were to happen, I take those children. They become mine immediately, and they become my. Like, there's no fucking question. Oh, I'm busy right now. No, bitch. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's so heartwarming. Like, it makes me feel kind of like, oh, that's so we. We're, we're down really nice. like that's we're yeah. down like that. There's resistance right in there, yeah. though, with you saying yeah. that, because, you know, European American, such an individualistic culture. We don't do that. And so shit. this collectivism, mm -hmm. this collectivism and this it takes, you know, a tribe, a community of yeah. people. It, it really emulates in what you're saying. And so, yeah. Yeah, uh, like I think that's that's awesome to hear. That's how that's how we roll. So like even like technically my older sister is my half sister never even registered that language yeah never even crosses my mind and and like we're just family and i think that's something that like kind of blows my mind when i when i talk to certain people i'm like isn't that just your sister then you know what i mean like yeah. and for me i'm like what so a good example um my grandma um and my auntie they were growing up in nevada at, at age i want to say six my grandma was like six years old her mom passed away and she went immediately to live with her aunt the, the Paiute word is pedo. So her pedo raised her, and her pedo raised all the kids. Mm -hmm. I mean, she raised all the kids that, for a variety of reasons, didn't have parents. And it was an unsafe, violent place to be if you were a Native person in Nevada mm -hmm. in the early 1920s. I mean, it was fully unsafe, sundown town. They had an alarm that would go off. Native people could not go outside. It was very um, – it was a labor environment where there were ranch owners, typically – Germans, like Kaiser's a big name out there. And then the native people would work for those farms and those families. And so it, that's how it was set up. You know, it was very, um, it was very segregated. Native people couldn't go into restaurants. If you were to order food, you had to go to the back door to get it and take it away. You couldn't eat mm -hmm. in the restaurants. You know, that kind of, like people don't get that that also was happening to native people in yeah. America. And, um, and so I, I, I remember like my my um, grandma just talked about how they were raised they were raised in this little house it was just one house and it was all the kids you know and the everybody was taken care of and that was that was how it was done you know and so cousins were like siblings almost you know and even my even my grandma like my my great grandfather had a couple families my grandma was 
uh, one set of, you know, his, his, his children, but he had another wife, you know? And so, and that's another thing too. Like there was more, it was a less rigid definitions of family makeup. So like I have a great re uh, relative who was married, who her and her sister were married to the same man, mm -hmm. you know, and they all had kids and it wasn't like bad or or ugh, you know what i mean yeah, it wasn't yeah. like creepy or anything like that it was just because like, that's this the is... colonizers way is to stigmatize anything that's different from the structure that they think is true is that yeah but i don't mm. necessarily think anyone's like like working to make it different because i will say okay shanti like i i am definitely a monogamous person like yeah. i've, I've... <laughs> damn it jackie <laughs> All right, I you're going to talk I... the game. You need to have two husbands. I know. I do need two husbands. I need you to have two mm -hmm. husbands. Mm -hmm. I, need, I need you to have two husbands, a wife, and... And three kids. And three kids. <laughs> One and, with each and, of them. And, you know, yeah. And, and, and a lover. And I do. A, and a compañero. There we go. I want to do that. And a, girl, <laughs> and a girlfriend, too. I gotta yeah. have a girl. You got to have a girlfriend. All of them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I yeah. need all of it. I mean, you know what it is? So that's, that's where I know... We have to challenge... <laughs> this is resistance me yes. having all these partners i just know <laughs> that i couldn't do a good job of it like this is you know how they say like i i, I would love a dog and i just yeah. know that like i ain't gonna get up when it's raining no you, i'm not because you're allergic you <laughs> ain't allergic to love Damn i know it. but i i'm just like <laughs> here i got this husband and i got this girlfriend they i can't do it both you know what i mean like yeah. i just i think but i i'm also a jealous person shanti yeah like, i i've realized that about myself I'm too jealous I'm jealous too. And you know, just to add on, just we want to challenge these uh, pre colonial uh, relational dynamics, like you're saying about having multiple uh, spouses mm -hmm. or in Indian culture, threesomes and things like that, Kama Sutra wise. Mm -hmm. um, but then when you talk about jealousy, uh, which is something that could be created by the colonizer, maybe to help keep us in these um, marriages. And with our one partner, because they say we're meant to yes. be with lots of people. It's it's biologically not, we're not biologically meant to be with only one. I guess that's what they've said. But I also get jealous. I wouldn't be able to, I wouldn't be able to. No, I, I couldn't. So you just made me think about something because, you know, Western ideologies, you know, very much um, supported by European, all this stuff is, is all about individualism, right? Mm -hmm. And tribalism makes it so that everybody's kind of got a responsibility and everybody kind of has a role. Yeah. And everybody, like I said, is taken care of and part of mm -hmm. a community, no question. Unless yeah, you fuck up and then you get banished. But individual societies are not like that. Right. And so I think that's where monogamy and nuclear family comes into play mm -hmm. because it's like, okay, you're an individual. You floating out here. Oh, you want those bills to go down? You better get you a partner. Yeah. Oh, you want some tax breaks? You better get you some kids. Yeah. So the, the capitalistic system also creates an environment in which you have to rely on that one other person in order to fucking make it in this world. And you have to kind of assimilate to this settler colonialism mentality, which is to erase these other ways of thinking. Yeah. And I think, but I will say like, I, I know like as much as I understand what, what things used to look like back in the day for my family on my native side, I also understand that like, they were in different circumstances, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And so I get, like, I don't know the full reasoning why things went the way they did, but I do understand that it was done differently, and it allows me to think, okay, what could Jackie do right now? Yeah. And, and knowing that things can be done differently, how could I do it? They didn't have Instagram back then. No. Shit. This social you know media would be putting a damper on relationships, oh, you know? Like, they God. weren't able to just be on their phones looking no. at hot girls' like, oh, look at bikini pages. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, my God. I haven't been in a relationship. I have not been in a relationship in so long. I'm like, oh, my God. That's what they're fucking doing, isn't it? <laughs> Honestly, I encourage a little part of me is like, if you see it, I see it. It's okay to see it, I think. Oh, no, I think, I mean, I'm out here double tapping on these fucking hot ass women. I you mean, you know, I think that's great um, to see it. Uh, but yeah, um, sorry, I lost what we were saying. Um, but yeah, jealousy, I, I feel like I wouldn't be able to 
do non-monogamy in a in a wonderful world i like to imagine myself being able to feel compersion which is the opposite of jealousy i heard about this yeah Keep it's going. compersion is for when you see let's say you and i were in a relationship together mm-hmm. we go to would, a bar great, by the way yeah we, going, hilarious yeah, fuck yeah, yeah. it we go to yeah. a bar i'm going to get us a drink i say you know you stay over here someone tries to swoop in and flirt with you a little bit mm-hmm. and i see them making you feel beautiful mm-hmm. and i see you you know maintaining your boundary but also feeling like like oh like you're right nice and so compersion would me would be me feeling happy for that flirtatious exchange that you were watered in that way by someone else um it could also go to levels of being sexually pleased by someone else yeah like i'm happy for you and your sexual pleasure from someone else that is me speaking in this hypothetical situation yes Ultimately, I'd be like, oh, but I'd be like, you know what? I'm glad she thought you were cute because I feel like not that I own anyone, but let's if we compare it to a home, I would love it if people thought my home was beautiful. Great curb appeal. It increases the property value. Yeah. The equity. You know, like I want people to think my house is gorgeous. Yeah. But no one else can live in it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Look. You can't come Don't in touch. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> this is my house. Damn it. It's so funny you mentioned this because I I I think now and I think I think I've processed a lot of my past relationship, which took up a lot of like my space about like, hey, what is what am I doing next? But I definitely I definitely would be open to dating and dating people who date other people. Yeah. And like, but like someone that I know is not going to be my life partner, mm-hmm. but someone that I'm like, oh, we get along, we have a good time together. But it's like, it's not so serious because the moment that I like really like you, uh, uh-uh. I, I, that's where I get more jealous. But like, yeah, if we're casually dating and maybe even we can bring in a third, you yeah, know what I mean? Like, that whatever, sounds I'm fun. Dating somebody else too. Yeah, so you go uh, do yeah, your yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. I'm do my thing. That sounds fine. But like, I but like, I'm also like, I don't know if I think age is coming into play as yeah. well. Because I'm 37, and I, I also kind of want like a partner. Like I'm also kind of tired of doing this shit yeah. on my own. Because dating you know? does get frustrating. You just want to have good sex, good conversations, yes. and like respect, good food, and, and good food. I was that. gonna say, is that mm-hmm. yeah, good food? That's always. Mm-hmm. But so we're talking about dating now, and to kind of anchor back to um, how our intersections, how maybe your native background and given colonization and genocide of millions of indigenous people, how do you navigate? Now, I don't know if you date white people, but do date white people. And I guess if you were to, is there a particular way you navigate it given they are, uh, you know, their lineage is the (laughs) colonizer? (laughs) So Shanti. (laughs) I was um, because I make sure I sit on every white man's face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You sit on their face. Yeah, yeah. make him make him bake for bread. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Okay. So this is so funny. So I I grew up in Hayward. I grew up around a lot of POC, and I like, I my first ever boyfriend was was Mexican. Like hella. Like I, I remember just like being around a lot of POC, and then somehow I ended up dating a couple of like white dudes, one after the other. Yeah. And I was like, what? And I, the last like major relationship that I had, um, I was engaged to an Englishman and it's in the beginning, that's, that's our colonizers and Englishmen. Well, they're technically ours too. Oh yeah. Yeah. They're they just everybody's. turned, they just they're, like flipped around and became American, there but they go. were British to start. And, um, <laughs> they were rebels. Okay. I'll stop. But, um, we're like my colonizer. No, he's yeah. my colonizer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the call came from inside the house. And, uh, but yeah. And so I, and I remember there, there was a lot of novelty with it. And this is the thing I was so embarrassed. Cause like back when we were dating, it was like 20, 2011 through like 2015. We dated for a while. And, um, my, my whole, all my material was about our relationship, Shanti. And once we broke up, I was like, holy fuck, I don't have any more material that's, like, not about – that doesn't center him and our relationship and the, and the, like, Pocahontas John Smith of it all, you know? Because I did think it was funny that these two people got connected in the first place. But then I started to realize – and this is something that's taken some good therapy to figure out. In some way, I think I thought he was safe, if yeah. that makes sense. Do you understand what I mean by yeah. that in terms of white men? It could you know? be safety in regards to stability. All kinds of, array of ways to be safe. Mm-hmm. Safe, 
you know, things you know and understand are the expectations, you know, you know mm-hmm. if it's a different culture that mm-hmm. is different from yours. Yeah. It's like, how do I navigate that? So I, I was like, I, I look back at it and go like, what the fuck was I thinking? Like literally I, I laugh at myself now going like, there were just absurd moments in our relationship where I was like, oh, this is not meant to be. Mm. And like his, his dad was like a big West, like a big Western guy. Oh, great. Yeah. And so when I, I got yeah. to the house, um, there were a lot of figurines of Indians. I mean, like totally oh, like, God. yeah, like the bow and arrow oh, and like the scene, the papoose. And they were all from like orientaltradingcompany.com. And there was a, there was the dad was gifted a headdress for his oh birthday. My God. Yeah, there was this like really weird romanticization weird. Yeah. happening. Did and you feel any fetishization? Yeah, oh, like, I mean, like I started to. I was like, I, as soon as I saw his figurine collection, yeah, and I started like kind of like our relationship where we were engaged at this point and things were coming together. I go, oh, I'm part of the figurine. I'm part of the menagerie. Aha. Yeah. Ah, you know. And I was like, oh, this cannot be. Like, this is just everything that I'm against. Yeah. And at first I didn't think it was a big deal because he was like, ah, it's not a big deal. My dad just, like, grew up watching Westerns. But then I was like, this feels icky now. This but feels also to maybe get not out. think it's a big deal is also a little bit of a kind of diluting that this is kind of a big deal. It's a big deal. It's a, yeah. it, and, 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 and I don't know if it was like – we were in love and we were like having this international sort of love affair. And so it felt exciting and fun. Cause every time we, we, because we lived in different places. And so whenever we connected, it was always vacation time, mm. you know? So we never really got to take a hard look at the differences, but culturally we're completely different. Number one, yeah. I'm fucking loud and opinionated. Yeah. And number two, like English people are very, like when I moved there, I was like, Oh fuck, I am loud. Yeah. Like, like I, I, I like this, just the general I decibels in my life went down. I did a semester like, abroad in England, and I was like, "Fuck, I am loud as fuck." You're like, right "I'm a now. loud ass bitch." <laughs> and right when we say we talk about loud, the dog is over here. I'm loud too. He's just like it his just, mother. <laughs> but like I, yeah, I, 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 I dated this white man, and so since then I haven't dated any other white men. Like okay. I kind of was like, I was like, no, you yeah, know, like I'll yeah. run into them on apps and for a long time i was like get the fuck out of my face you gotta go away unless unless it's like guilty until proven innocent for me i'm like do you have the feminist consciousness but also the consciousness of your privilege and the oppressions that i may face that are different from yours and do you do you actually empathize with them or do you try to just glaze over them but that's i think when it comes to dating a white man if i were to it would he would have to have those consciousnesses. This I guess, guy did not have those. Thing. And yeah. that's what I want to. Yeah. Like I realized at the time when we first started dating, like, I don't know. I've, I've also come to realize that I, I want to date with more intention now. Yeah. And I want to be more thoughtful. And so you just even listing off, these are the types of things that I need you to be down with mm-hmm. in order for even us to start something. Yeah. Like I wasn't asking myself those questions. And like I got into trouble because when I was there in 2015 and it was their election, this motherfucker was a Tory, which is the conservative party. Wow. And I did not know that until I put that fucking ring on. And wow. I was like sitting there like, wait a second, what? This is when they were deciding on Brexit. Okay. Yeah. And I started to take a look at the family mm-hmm. and I started to look at like their humor was very misogynistic, like how dumb women are. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I get that you're, this is like, you're not really being serious, but you say it so much. It feels real. Yeah. And then also just the general like politics you know, like I, I'm like an ethnic studies major from Cal. Like I, yeah. there's, and then just who I am as a, as a person of color who navigates the world. I was like, what the fuck was happening there? There were just so many, like once I moved there, it was like clear eyes. You know what I yeah. mean? Like all of a sudden I was like, Everything wait, was clear. what? <laughs> Which, so now that you're saying, you know, you have this loud energy and also there was some misogyny involved with their humor and you know, earlier talking about your grandmother and your aunts and your mom and, you know, I'm getting a very matriarchal yeah, energy totally. uh, and strength from that, which mm-hmm. is maybe part of your upbringing. So how do you feel like, how do you navigate this misogyny given the matriarchal energy you were brought up with? Like, and I already felt that with you being like, if anything to my sister, like I would. And so I felt that matriarchal energy come from you. you. I felt that strong woman, boss, yeah. lady. Oh, and I so do it. Yeah. Person. And so I'm just wondering, like, I guess 
with dating and, you know, notions of matriarchy being a part of you. Yeah. And misogyny being a part of this damn world. Yes. I guess, how do you navigate that? Like, what things stand out to you where you're like, this, I'm not going to, because I will, I want to be the matriarch of this home. Or maybe there's a dual way of doing something. Like, how do you, what are your thoughts on that? Oh my God, Shanti, how do we navigate the misogyny? I mean, I definitely am a different woman. Yeah. Like, I, like, number one, I'm not taking anyone's last name. Done. Yeah. Um, like, we are like my Kili Ia'a is like a very important name, and it's it's it. it we're it's a beautiful. Well, we're Ali'i. We are yeah. like the the um hereditary chiefs of the Hawaiian people. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I have to honor that. So number one, I ain't taking no fucking last name. Yeah. <laughs> and then number two, like when it comes to um, when it comes to roles, like like roles and responsibilities. So here's the thing. This is where I I have an internal tension. Mm-hmm. Because I do believe, and I'm saying this out loud, and I know, like, I'm like, oh, I'm splitting the room here, but I do believe in, like, I do believe there are certain responsibilities that a man has, if that makes sense. And I think it's because I grew up with my grandfathers. My grandfathers both served in World War II. Mm-hmm. They were in the Navy. They were incredibly competent men who could build shit, fix cars, mm-hmm. like, like just lit- like my grandpa literally built a house from from you know on the weekend you know what i'm saying <laughs> like they were, they were just they were just so fucking capable yeah. and my grandfather taught me all that stuff mm-hmm. i changed oil with him i planted uh i learned how to plant garlic we planted tomatoes like we just were very capable and i was taught that at a young age i know how to drive stick there's very like things that i know how to do you're saying things a lot of a lot of and i'm not trying to put uh, you know sex or gender on this but a lot yeah. of men i feel like with totally. the tech of what's going on right now and the amount of money they make, people are not able to do a they lot of things for shit. themselves. They cannot do shit. Yeah. And so I'm like, hold up. How come I'm bringing all these motherfucking skill sets to the table? Yeah. You better match and exceed. Yeah. You're like, like these native, not only native skills, but like family skills. No, my grandpa like could, my grandpa yeah. could go hunting and feed an entire family. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like, what fuck? And you have an app? Like, I, like, go to Chipotle. No. I go to Chipotle for you ass, no. all right? <laughs> it's so funny because, like, okay, so, like, there was a brief, there was a hot second when I was working in Oklahoma and I was living out there and I was in a very small town, 4,000 people, where, like, literally, when you went to Subway, like, these dudes had, like, spurs on because it was calfing season. They were literally birthing. Like, these were, like, fucking rugged-ass fucking dudes. This is really hot. It was hot. Honestly, it was so I'm fucking like, hot. build me so a house. Hot. Go hunt my ass <laughs> yeah, some food. Go, go cut me some fucking you wood. You go skin that Make rabbit right fire. in front of me. I'm yes, I I'm attracted to that. Yes, 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 yes. That's really hot. And then I remember I landed in SFO after being there for, like, three months. I was, like, around these men for, like, three months, and I'm like, mm, y'all are good. And then, and then I landed in And then in you SFO. come here to SFO, dude, on a scooter. <laughs> it was all the American apparel. This is back when they had all their, like, they had all their, like, the hoodies with, like, the white string and the stupid tech company right here. And I was like, fuck these men. I remember being so upset. I was like, this is what I get now? Fuck all like, You can't even catch a fish, men. motherfucker. Yeah, I was like, what are you going to do to provide for the fucking family? You know yeah. what I mean? So, like, as much as I, too, like, I, I want to have a less traditional like I want you to do more. Like I want yeah. whoever, whatever partner I end up with, I w- they they should be taking care of the kids. They should be fucking changing the diapers. What I'm getting from you, you know? then is like a different idea of provider and a different idea maybe yes. of masculinity yes. from native native men to these uh, to Western uh, or maybe There's, not Western. Maybe I don't know white. I don't know what the proper word is. Yeah, I mean, well, like even my like my Italian grandfather was incredibly capable and just could do yeah. a million things. Mm-hmm. And then my native grandpa, like I said, like he grew up like he grew up like literally eating off a of land, like shooting deer and shit. And that was how they like that's how they fed people. And then my dad grew up around that too. So in some way, like I do have an idea of what masculinity should be. I think there are mm-hmm. certain skills you should be able to know how to do. I have men coming up in here that don't even know how to open their fucking hood. And I go, that's the man that I'm, that's who's on the apps. Those yeah. dumb motherfuckers on the He's like, apps. I could make an Excel sheet. I right? could do a PowerPoint. Ah, I could do some quarterly reports. I don't reports. need that skill set. I don't need that. Like <laughs> He's like, I got yeah. stock options. All right, lady. Ugh. God, exactly. I'm like, well, cash them in because you can't do shit. If it came down to it for real, for real, like, 
that man is incapable of handling himself out in the world, you know? So speaking of men then being incapable of handling <laughs> something. Speaking of men being incapable. Yes, breaking. leads me to another men question. Men are incapable. <laughs> because they are incapable. Yes. Um, tell me, what does rematriarchy mean to you? Because this is a term that I've, a concept that I've stumbled across when um, learning about indigenous communities and native heritage and social justice within those groups is the concept of rematriarchy. I mean, I'll just, I don't know the concept in the way that you've been researching yeah. it. So I'll just kind of take the word as it is and, and sort of put my own And my spin. research is very light. <laughs> it, it was really done in, in moments. Okay, there we go. But either way, I'll just take the word as it is and kind of like vibe off of that. I mean, I think what, you know, pre-colonial native communities had a variety of different ways we related. There's a lot of matrilineal tribes. There's a lot of tribes where your mother has to be of that tribe in order for you to even be enrolled in that tribe. If your mm. dad's that tribe, good luck. Go somewhere else. You know what I yeah. mean? And so, like, what people don't – and, like, I just think about all the ways in which women had really significant roles before. And I'm not saying that they're not significant now. A lot of women in my in my life are doing amazing, significant things. But, but even maybe power with distribution and agency. Of- Yes, an agency, an agency with distribution one. of wealth and shelter and food, yeah. but also agency in your sexuality yeah. and your positionality. Yeah, yeah, and not made to be made like made to feel bad. Like my great grandma had like multiple dudes, and, and I was she like, not Go be feeling that. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, I was like, okay, and Is, like, was but her it last name Kali'i too? No, she no, her last name was Bryant, but she that was who she had a baby with. Okay. John. John was a my great grandfather was her last name Bryant. Bryant. Yeah. Bryant. Yeah. All the Indians. Okay, Grandma all the, Bryant. I know, all the Indians in like the the Great Basin area have like real white names because yeah. they were it was names that came from anyway. You get it. But yeah. um, yeah. My we great, got Indian guys named Johnny. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> it happens. And that's John is like a name in our family. Anyway, um, my great grandfather John, um, was actually a traveling musician. He was performing in Oakland when he met my great grandmother. And, uh, yeah, he was in a big band. He played slack guitar. Like, he was part of that, like, real 1920s big band movement. And um, – but uh, they didn't last as a couple. Um, and so my my grandfather was – even though he's half Hawaiian, my grandfather was half Hawaiian. Um, he was raised in, in Dresslerville, Nevada, mm-hmm. raised speaking his language, doing all the cultural activities, knowing the songs, like very much washo. And it wasn't until he served in the military that he was stationed at Pearl Harbor and met his relatives for the first time. Wow. You know, and so like our Hawaiian side is important to us, but it's one that like I'm technically still reconnecting with. But whenever I go there and I flash my ID, I fucking get Kama'aina wherever I go. That's like the local discount. And then people just open the door. They're like, oh, shit, Moana has returned. So we need to go. (laughs) So we need to go because Moana is my spirit Disney princess because I'm half Fijian. And so that Fijian vibe. Yeah, I'm Indo-Fijian. Yeah. And so Moana is like, I was like, yeah, they have a princess that's like me, you know. But I love Moana. But. So I'm, I'm a little thing about native men though. Thinking about preserving, um, maybe you know the bloodline or the tribal authenticity or anything. So, yeah. do you find a lot of native people try to date or marry or, or, get have babies with other native people? Yeah. Or are they more open? Because I know with some like certain tribes and indigenous communities to preserve the bloodline like Maori tribes and things like that you know mm-hmm. people want to stay within the tribe but also sometimes I'm like these dudes are so fine like do I not oh, like have Maori a chance dudes? <laughs> like, do, I'm like do I not have a chance because uh, because they want to stay within the tribe and that's no you have a chance that's pretty much what I'm saying girl you're not just a <laughs> fuck a I'm talking about to marry you know? <laughs> I mean, some of those dudes are so fucking hot. So I did study abroad in New Zealand. I was out there for six months. New Zealand like, is where Niyama. I want. Right next to Fiji. Yeah. I'm telling you, New Zealand is like. I love that. That haka place. dance. Is that, that's the man. On. That's the man. That man can change a battery, change that- the brakes, <laughs> change his oil, and fucking do that. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah, like, exactly. Oh, yeah, the tongue action. I- <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Oh, and then Sorry, they hit their chest and Sorry, shit. Yeah, yeah. They hit their chest. I'm like, oh my God. No, it's hot. I mean, there's there so when I was there, there were all these really fucking hot dudes where I was like, holy shit, and their thighs and just anyway, yeah. So we're getting off on a tangent here. Yeah. But um, I mean, they're definitely <laughs> we're all just like, oh naughty <laughs> men. Um 
Islander men. Anyway. Yeah. All of I, them. It's really Polynesian. They all Polynesia. know how to hunt. They all know how to hunt. Use a knife. Yeah. Fucking build me a fucking canoe. Let's go. Cl- cl- <laughs> climb that tree. Get me a coconut from the top. I want the highest break it open coconut. For me. I want the break meat. that shit open. Like, yeah. like break my legs open. That's what I'm open. saying. Like, I feel. <laughs> we are sexualizing. I, uh... I know. Now, oh, fuck. I'm fetishizing right now. Oh, no. But you know, it's hot, though. Like, okay. they know it. They know what they're doing. Did you see Am Mr. I being Fiji? problematic? No. It's fine. Do you remember when they came out with the uh it was the uh, olympics and like the whole fijian dudes came out all yes up. they know what the fuck they're doing yeah don't? we see with that sexy yeah peel. yeah exactly they they know they're hot yeah but um yeah i mean okay so like blood quantum is a big thing we're not going to be able to get to the beginnings or even the ends of it today mm-hmm. but um yeah to be tribally enrolled um, a, a tribe, so a federally recognized tribe, there are mm-hmm. like 560 something in the United States. There are many more tribes, mm-hmm. by the way, um, but there are many that do not have recognition. So I come from a tribe that has recognition, so I am enrolled. Mm-hmm. So I'm, an, I'm, considered an Ala- I'm, a, I'm considered an American Indian slash Alaskan native by the federal government, mm-hmm. right? And so um, I am an enrolled member of the Urington Paiute tribe, and I have blood that allow, I have enough blood, I have a certain quantum of blood that allows me membership, and that membership is determined by the tribe. But every single tribe across the United States has their own metric. Mm-hmm. Some of them are descendancy, meaning all you have to do is have a relative on a roll, right? Okay, so it could only be one relative, it could just be one relative. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. if I were to fall yeah, in yeah. love and marry, and our child wouldn't be removed from being, being oh, well, a member. Well, it depends on the tribe. Damn it. It depends on the tribe, because every <sighs> single tribe is different. So some are descendancy, some of them you see can, my luck. I'm gonna meet the guy from the tribe that that needs that to has no. You're gonna be you're gonna meet be one that doesn't have any enrollment at all. You're gonna be like a like, I need that blood, girl. <laughs> I need that blood. <laughs> but like, I mean, and so so there so but then there's also like okay, there's a minimum of like a quarter, mm-hmm. or there's a minimum of a half, or you know, and 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 I don't again like this is such to preserve the bloodline to preserve that. I mean, so that's the question yeah. because blood quantum is actually a tool that was created by the federal government. Mm-hmm. So Colonizer. we can only assume that it's unholy, right? We can only assume that it's used as a tool to dismantle tribal communities. So when you don't have enough blood to be enrolled, now you are no longer considered "quote unquote" Indian by so, the standards of the of the federal government. So you're telling me I can help decolonize <laughs> this system by having sex with someone and having their child. And and if they try to say that the child maybe is not a member because it's one fourth, I could be like, we're decolonizing the system that was created yeah, by the colonizer. Like, yeah, you can, yeah, there you go. We can, yeah. yeah, you can argue Fuck it. for resistance. You can argue, you can ar- yeah, exactly. You can argue in tribal court and see <laughs> if they'll hear it and they'll they'll do it. But like, so for me, like I would, l- like I my child will be enrolled regardless. Yeah, yeah. But their children, I don't know. Mm. And that depends on who comes into play. Yeah. If they decide to have kids with an Indian person. So for example, I'm a Bay Indian. And so there's hella Indians out here in the Bay Area. There's like this, okay, this is like story time. There's this thing called the Urban Indian Relocation Act of 1956. I think it's 56. And it was a tool that like sent Native people from reservations to urban centers. So um, the Bay Area um, has a ton of Indians that like, just because of the, just because people intermarried and kind of hooked up and shacked mm-hmm. up, there are people here who have like six different tribes. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so like that could happen. And unfortunately, again, it's about enrolling in a single tribe. Mm-hmm. And so like, I'm like, oh, cool. I could go have an Indian baby yeah. with an Indian man, but it doesn't necessarily guarantee that I have, I will be able to have yeah. tribal enrollment, you know? And so that's where like people definitely do intentionally try to date to get um, Indian children. But mm-hmm. for me, I'm like, I'm. I wanna. I wanna be in love. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, great. You wanna have a love marriage? Great. Yeah. Exactly. I'm an asshole who wants to have a love marriage. I don't wanna. I. They're like, oh, you should be continuing the native lines, you asshole. Go take your blood and do something with it. And I'm yeah. like, nah. I just wanna fall in love, and have someone take care of me and change my batteries. And yeah, you know what I mean. That's what like, and, <laughs> and that and, a true matriarch. Mm-hmm. That is what a true matriarch, like your grandmother, would yeah, say. You exactly. know, loves exactly. and yeah. So I mean, like for that. me, I think like I get why people do it. Like wanting to be intentional about like keeping the the bloodline going of native people, I totally get it. And at the same time, I also know like I've only dated a handful of native dudes, and because I know everyone who grew up out here, I'm not dating any of these dudes. Yeah. <laughs> so we've talked about 
different ideas of masculinity and femininity, matriarchy, settlers, colonialism, fucking the white man, <laughs> all the things, native men. Uh, and I guess I like to sum up each episode um, with, and before I do that, if you're enjoying the episode, you should definitely subscribe uh, to everything that's in the link below. Um but what I like to end these episodes with so people can better understand how to love better mm -hmm. different types of people. I guess if you can give a tip to me and our audiences, what would be a tip on how to love you better or how to love someone who shares in some of your identity vectors, either they be one or multiple? How can someone love you or someone like you in, tho in that context better? That's such a great question. Um, I definitely, like there's, something that comes up for me is that I, I do have an anxious attachment style. And so I just need reassurance. And that's yeah. just, it's not necessarily like I'm clingy or needy. I just need reassurance that, that things are, are, are going okay. Mm -hmm. And so I, for the, the kind of person that loves me, I just need like check-ins. Yeah. It can be, you know, a text, it can be a hug or something just to let me know that you're there, you know? Because if I, I've, I've definitely dated emotionally unavailable people mm -hmm. and I find when they pull away, that makes me feel awful. And I start to overthink and, and reconsider. Like, yeah. And I start to like go, oh my God, is something wrong with me? You know, and yeah. it's, it's their issue. It's their but issue. But I start to think it's me. But it makes so much mm -hmm. sense with what you shared, given how strong your family unit is, how mm -hmm. close you all are. Like, given that closeness, if you're not able to share that closeness in, in your relationship, then, yeah, I'm sure it makes you feel uneasy then because yeah. you are so used to sharing that with the people you love in your life. And I'm literally a twin. Like, yeah. I grew up. Yeah. Like, I, I like we're in the womb together like like coming and going in this world is is a group activity as far mm -hmm. as i'm concerned mm -hmm. so like i'm just so used to always kind of having someone around and um and i've come to learn i've got i've got to pull away from the emotionally unavailable folks and like deal with folks who are available and the ones that are available and interested like say what's up you know check yeah. in check in and then also like my family is like big on fart humor like farts yeah. are like part of how we show our love <laughs> I'm not even gonna lie. Farts are a big deal. Like, Huge. can you fart in front of me? Like, yes. Honestly, yes. the way a duke it would me over is like, girl, I just want you to fart in front yeah, of me. And I'm like, really? No, really. Yeah. I really want you to just. I'm gonna give you some chickpeas, <laughs> and I want you to just bust it out. And 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 I would be honored if you did bust oh it out God. in front of me. That is love. Like, I want that comfortability. Exactly. It's I've, not just about a fart. No, it's not about a fart. It's about being comfortable and being vulnerable and like kind of. And it's such a human thing to do. It's quite yeah. literally how our body processes the food we have to eat you know so but like when i i've met people i've met yeah. people who are like i have never farted in front of my husband i'm like who the fuck are you see this like, is the colonizer like a, again that I'm sounds bring like a back hell in. yeah I, you know what this is the fucking resistance yeah fart shit your pants like that's how you fight settler colonialism yeah we, what is refinement and all that shit yeah. you know we are supposed to be humans and yes. we fart like that's how my mom would introduce good food like this food is gonna make you fart yeah that's how you know it's a good it's dish quality experience. we need to embrace that we those have bodily to functions that. that are normal yes. that the colonizer yeah. is trying to erase yeah no and that's another thing too like there are cultures where like burping and farting and all of these yeah. things are ways to express you know different stuff and it's like I, I know I need that in my life. I yeah. need someone, cause I could never, I could never, even if I say I fell in love with someone tomorrow, if I yeah. find out I can't fart in front of them and they think that I'm a nasty human being for that, done, done. over, Yeah, over. this is not just like, about, like I gotta be movement. comfortable in front of you. It's a social you know? justice movement. It's social justice, exactly. Yeah. So release the fart, Yeah. You know? Let and it that's out, exactly. let it rip. Hashtag let it rip. Let it rip. Yeah. I, I love that we are ending this on, on farts <laughs> because that is the epitome of love. It, it's love and so i'm really glad that you are here today jackie glee uh i'm glad that we got to uh discuss everything we did and thank you just for being on the show and sharing yourself thank you for having me this has been yeah. a delightful conversation yeah thank you for listening to mouthful until next time that was fun girl thank that was you. really cool yeah i love how we ended on farts like, yeah that's just my vibe